Welcome to the Financial Copilot podcast and video channel where airline pilot and CFP professional Dan Lomar shares techniques, interviews, and perspectives about financial planning and life in general for airline pilots. Here's your host, Dan Lomar. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another video. So obviously, um, in both the stock market, stock market and the bond market, we're seeing uh, negative returns year to date. Um, and so what does that imply for somebody in retirement uh, and having to live out their investments? So here we are, you worked all these years, uh, and now you get there and uh, we're pulling money, you're pulling money from your uh, investments to live off of, but we're also seeing the value of the decline. What are some of the things we take into account when it comes to planning for that and how we actually deal with it in real time? So that's what I'm talking about in this video. And if you're, um, uh, if you're a current client, hey, this is be a great review as to what we're doing with your portfolio of things that we're thinking about right now. Um, and uh, if you're not a current client, uh, hey, listen up, because this might be something that you and I can sit down and talk about how we can take care of that for you. And if you're not retired yet, hey, listen up, because this is a great thing to consider as for your own planning purposes, that when you get into retirement, things you can take into account when you get there. So uh, we're talking about kind of, um, you know, retiring during a bear market. Hey, don't take this as tax, legal, or investment advice. You decide whether the strategies, uh, the strategies that we use, you decide whether they work for you. Um, and if you haven't done it, remember to subscribe. Hit the bell icon so that uh, you know when new videos come out. And I've got a checklist down below for just general financial considerations uh, during a bear market, things to kind of take into account, and it's whether you're retired or not. So that uh, link to download that checklist is going to be in the show notes in YouTube. Uh, please feel free to uh, download that and uh, and take a look. So, all right, retirement income planning. Um, the big thing we're looking at when it comes to re- uh, re- designing a retirement income plan in retirement, we're living off of our investments. We're trying to balance two things. Just like any financial decision, we're trying to balance a couple of things. We've got a reward, we've got a risk. We've got to kind of balance those things out to try to make them fit into your particular situation. So what is that? What are we balancing when it comes to retirement income? Well, we're trying to balance, we're trying to maximize retirement income or maximize your lifestyle, but we're also trying to maximize the longevity. We're trying to sustain that income for as long as we can so that you don't run out of money. My investment partner, my uh, my business partner, Alan Bealey, he said it the best. He said, hey, there's two phone calls we don't want to get. And that is one, hey, Dan, I'm on my deathbed and I've got millions of dollars that I never spent. And number two, hey, Dan, I'm 90 years old and I'm out of money. So those are the kind of things that we keep into mind. You gotta have had to balance those two things out as um, as we do that. So that's kind of what we keep in mind. Number one, we th- the number one thing we do when it comes to uh, creating a retirement income is um, uh, diversification. So stocks, stock mutual funds, diversified, globally diversified across all sectors. Okay, that's the engine of the portfolio. That's what's going to keep it growing. That's what makes it last as long as what we uh, we do. Now, how aggressive you are is up to you. You can be uh, 70% equity, 60%, 50%, 40%. So a lot of that depends on you and your plan, but uh, the stocks are there to keep the, uh, keep the growth there. That, that, that's really what adds to the longevity for the most part. Uh, and two, bonds. Bonds provide a stabilizing factor. They don't usually have the typical volatility. And when I'm talking about bonds, I'm talking about investment-grade, high-quality bonds. I'm not talking about high-yield bonds, junk bonds, anything like that. And we're also talking about cash. So we're diversified between bonds, stocks, and cash. Cash is your short-term income. 
So we look at your plan, we say, how much income do you need in the next one to two years? And we set that aside. So we like to aim to have six months to two years of income in cash so that that's not exposed to the, uh, to the markets that, uh, that we're seeing, both the stock and the bond market. And then we monitor that cash position. Hey, hey how down, how, how, how low is it getting? You know, uh, how much time do we have? How much time we anticipate? So that's one of the things we look at. So number one, diversification. Now, diversification, one of the benefits of diversification that we expect to see is that a lot of times, and not always, but a lot of times when the stock market goes down, the bond market, at least the investments that we provide, that we invest in, those bonds are stable, and a lot of times they might actually go up. We saw that in March of 2020. It worked perfectly. perfectly. We saw a lot of softness in the stock market, but our high quality bonds actually held up and actually went up during that month. So that's exactly what we see them to do, but we're not seeing that this year. We're actually seeing rising interest rates, uh, and that's, be, uh, that's um, because of the inflation concerns, and that's causing a big headwind for the bonds. So we're actually seeing both stocks and bonds uh, uh, with some negative returns uh, year to date. So kind of an interesting uh, situation there. So the number two thing we do as we kind of monitor this position, uh, is we look at and we say, hey, where do we stand with Social Security and other pensions like PBGC? Where do we stand? Do we start those? Are we delaying those? And uh, what can we do to turn those on? Now, I just did two videos talking about the benefits of delaying. Why would we delay Social Security and or PBGC? And the biggest thing is because of longevity. It's two sources of income that we cannot outlive. So we would prefer those incomes to be as high as possible, and they get to be as high as possible by delaying to age 70. And that's what we're talking about. But what that and that's the benefit of delaying those two things but i also said when would we turn them on when would we when would we start them earlier we would start them earlier if we see um, negative returns in our portfolio which is kind of what we're seeing right now but again there's a lot of things to weigh in of that what is the how much cash do we have how much how quickly are we burning through the cash position so that's in the number two consideration is where do we stand with social security pbgc can we turn it on uh, and which would uh, begin to minimize, that help help uh, minimize the drawdown of the portfolio. So that's the number two consideration is um, turning on Social Security PBGC. I'm going to show you here in a minute a graphic of what that looks like and the difference that can make if you were to turn that uh, on ahead of time or, or uh, earlier than planned anyway. So the next thing, number three, foregoing a pay raise. So you might say, hey, look, Again, what we're trying to do during times of negative returns is trying to minimize the drawdown on the portfolio, the drawdown being both withdrawals and performance. So we might say, hey, look, I'm not going to take a pay raise. That's one of the things we do. Now, the big benefit of that really is if you start with a plan that says, hey, I'm okay not taking a pay raise unless the portfolio suggests I should, unless the performance of the portfolio suggests I should. Okay, the benefit of that is that it allows us to take out a bigger amount to begin with. Because if you insist on having a pay raise year after year after year, you only have one choice, and that is you have to start at a smaller amount. Okay, so that's the benefit is if you just say, hey, I'm okay not taking a pay raise unless the portfolio performance says I can take one, then, um, then that's, the, that's, the, that's the benefit of it. It's just saying, hey, look, I can take out a little bit more and so that's okay. So, so, it, so consideration not to get, take a pay raise is uh, the number three thing to, uh, to take into account there. Uh, number four, and a little bit more extreme, instead of taking, not taking a pay raise, it might come to taking a pay cut. 
Okay, so again, if the real portfolio really starts to draw down there, we have uh, we implement a strategy we use uh, called guardrail income in portfolio guardrails, where we have predetermined portfolio values that determine when we take a pay cut and when we take a pay raise, and so. Um, uh, Depending on the asset allocation, your aggressiveness on how willing you are to take a pay cut or how much you, how much you need to have a pay raise, a lot of that comes into play uh, as to where these guardrails are going to be. But fairly typical is anywhere between 15 to say 20% below your starting value is where that first uh, guardrail is going to be. And if you get down to that point, then it would say, it would say hey, look, we're going to have to take a pay cut. Um, to do that. Now that pay cut would might be five to 10% of your total income, which means the cut to your portfolio withdrawals is probably gonna be even a little bit more than that, depending on what sources of income you're using uh, at that time, depending on whether you're taking Social Security, PBGC or not. So that's the next thing. That's kind of the, the fourth step is that we have to take a pay cut. Again, um, the advantage of having that flexibility, the advantage of having the willing to say, the willingness to say, hey, I'm willing to take a pay cut, the advantage of that, this trade-off we always talk about, is that it allows you to take more out up front. It's kind of allowing you to say, hey, look, it, uh, I'm willing to take more up, up front. I'm willing to take a pay cut if the portfolio performance says I can take a pay cut. Because if you take more out front and the performance supports that, uh, that larger amount, hey, so be it. You're, having, you're, spending more than what, uh, you're spending more than what you could is if you, uh, if you weren't willing to pay, take a pay cut. That's kind of what the benefit of that flexibility is. Um, so let's talk about implementing this plan and kind of what it looks like. I'm gonna show you two periods in history. Uh, and the first one I'm gonna use is the financial crisis. We're looking at a 50-50 portfolio. 50% uh, stock mutual funds, 50% bond mutual funds. Uh, we're starting with about $2.1 million. We're drawn, uh, uh, we're taking into account what Social Security and PBGC are going to be. We've already started Social, we've already started PBGC in this situation. And so we're supporting a monthly income of $15,000. That's what we're trying to support. That's a gross income of $15,000 of what we're trying to support. It, no, this is starting this plan at the worst possible time in history, probably. Okay, so uh, six months before the uh, the financial crisis. So, um, uh, so right at the top of the market, over the next 18 months, the market corrects. We're taking money out of the portfolio. What does that look like overall? Right now, if we look at, and we're taking the uh, Social Security, Social Security, delaying it to age 70, so we can see, we see pretty stiff drawdowns during that portfolio during the first 18 months, okay? We hit a guardrail, I think it's about 17 months into it. We hit that lower guardrail. The guardrail says, hey, look, let's take a pay cut. And then that's gonna trigger a five to 10% overall pay cut. Um, the bottom of the port, the portfolio bottoms about, uh, I think it's about 21 months into the sequence here. Uh, yeah, point 21. Um, and then it recovers. Now it has a hard time recovering because we have not started Social Security yet. So let's take a look at that. Let's just say we plan on taking Social Security at age 70, and then in the middle of it, we say, hey, look, our cash position's getting low, let's turn it on. We change our starting age, age 66, and now what we see, it didn't prevent a pay cut, 
if we see that, but it did definitely help the portfolio recover a lot, uh, uh, a lot more soundly in that situation. So we kind of see what the guardrail looks like. We kind of see what the difference is when we, uh, if we are to change our minds and take Social Security earlier rather than later. Um, and then in these guardrails, these guardrails float. So in this situation, these guardrails are static. It's just too difficult to program flexible guardrails into this based on the criteria that we're using. Um, and so in this case, once we hit that lower guardrail, these guardrails would have flexed down also. And so you probably actually, as this thing recovered, you probably would have actually taken a pay raise somewhere in here and brought you back to what your original income was. Um, the other thing too here is I'm not giving an inflation adjustment. So this is just a straight withdrawal, uh, $15,000 uh, $15, a month. And actually I did institute a pay cut right here but I did not give a pay raise back anywhere in here. So that's just kind of give you an idea of uh, what that looks like. Now let's look at another worst case uh, scenario. And that is uh, during the dot-com bust, let's just say we start in January of 2000. Uh, again, uh, we have a bear market for about, um, oh goodness, we have a bear market for about two and a, close to two and a half years. So I think this goes to March of 2003. And um, uh, so this is kind of what it looks like. Again, 50-50 portfolio, exact same situation. We're pulling out the same amount. Let's go 1500 here, $15,000 a month. And that includes our income from Social Security and PBGC is what we're supporting from that. So as we look here and we're taking Social Security at age 70s, we see a drawdown. We never get to the bottom guardrail. Uh, however, uh, we might have seen one. So later on during the years, this is the financial crisis. Social Security is, already, is turned on by this point. And uh, so we do actually take a pay cut during the financial crisis. Now, that's not necessarily so either because, again, these, these income guardrails float and they also depend on your time horizon. So this would have been seven years in your retirement. So it's a little bit different. Um, actually, this would have been more like eight to nine years in your retirement. And so that's a little bit different. So your time horizon is different. You can support a higher withdrawal rate. Um, so just to kind of show you an example, kind of what these things do, these are the big strategies that we use when it comes to implementing a uh, retirement income portfolio. So number one, diversification. Um, uh, number two, where do we stand with Social Security and PBGC? Uh, consider not taking a pay raise. And we talk about that before we actually implement the plan. And number four is taking a pay cut in worst case uh uh, scenario and then implementing the plan using the uh, guardrails and, and uh, monitoring cash positions. Now, one thing you can do now, we do have some clients who we're not using this with is because they have a enough cash. They're living off cash for to say three, four, five years of uh, of retirement, and they're just kind of sipping off their portfolio. So, if your withdrawal rate is so low that um, we're not too worried about. Um, uh, you're not so worried about running out of money. We don't necessarily have to monitor it in this type of situation. Uh, so the big thing about this too is if you're living off cash or your taxable income is very low in these situations, hey, bear markets are a great time to do Roth conversions. So while the market's down, take some of your uh, tax deferred investments in your IRA or your 401k and the PRAP, hey, do the Roth conversions on those things while it's down. And that way, when they recover, the equity side recovers, Okay, you want to see that. And what you want to do is you want to convert the equities into that Roth conversion. The bonds won't have as as, as a, a dynamic of a recovery. Okay, so you want to see that uh, recovery uh, in the uh, in the Roth accounts after you do that conversion. 
So uh, those are just some things to keep in mind uh, as you implement your retirement income uh, strategy. So I hope that helps. This is what we do. Don't take it as tax legal investment advice. You decide whether it is a good strategy for you. If you haven't done it, hit the bell icon. Uh, remember to subscribe, hit the bell icon so that you know when new videos come out. And if you want to talk about this in your particular situation, give me a call because um, retirement income planning is far more dynamic. There's a lot more to consider when it comes to retirement income planning than it does uh, accumulating assets. Um, and um, these are the ways we implement it. So if you want to talk about it for your situation, whether you're in retirement or coming on it, please give me a call, uh, shoot me an email. I'd be glad to, uh, to talk about it. So, hey, until next time, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, fly safe.